Anyways, uh, Quentin, we are back. Actually, Quentin's not here. Sorry, it's a force of habit. It wasn't really. I did that on purpose. Joseph, brought you back. How's it going tonight, Joseph? I'm Good doing morning, okay. Yeah. Um, my voice is completely wrecked. No. Because I went to an indie show last weekend. Oh. How's yeah. Panzer doing? <laughs> he wasn't around. Not on the damn, card. Damn, 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 damn. Uh, but is Jake DeLeon was. Okay. I think... That is the implication of what happened to him. No sure. one is being very clear yeah, about fair, what went down fair. there. Uh, Jake DeLeon won the vacant MWF championship from the last champion who was Ho-Ho Loon, uh, Dragon Gate and CWC legend Ho-Ho Loon. I was going to say, is he uh, not Dragon Gate commentary uh, ace? Ho -Ho yes. Loon? Yeah. Yes, that's him. So for all you Dragon Gate English commentary viewers, uh, he had to give up the belt, which is a very beautiful belt, by the way, actually. Like, no one no one outside this country is going to care about it, but I am, like, convinced it's, like, a top five belt in the world just in terms of, like, visually representing, like, a place and time. It's, like, designed to look like uh, the Fender of a filipino jeepney so okay. it's yeah it's really oh! beautiful like whoever a, oh, sorry there's yeah. a company out here that does tours of my neighborhood in the jeepneys uh because it's i live in filipino town we've talked about this in the past oh yeah so, uh, yeah i know exactly what we're talking about that's awesome yeah 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 it's actually a great belt like the company the promotion like put out an infographic like even beforehand where they were like we hired like an artist to design this here are the like symbolisms in the belt it's just i just think it's a really great design and i think people should go out of their way just to like see the belt i think it's a really great piece of work um it's like really unique in terms of um wrestling promotions it doesn't look like something you'd see anywhere else in the world it has like these two like grips these like handles on the uh center plate which you can kind of hold it up so uh, oh. the wrestlers have a cool way of uh, displaying it when they do win it. Anyway, Jake DeLeon won it, and he's sort of like the unanimous best uh, wrestler in the country. So it kind of made sense that they went with him uh, to hold it after all this time because it's like basically been in limbo uh, yeah. with COVID and the lockdown and everything. So yeah, I was screaming my head off. And then the right after the show, we went to do karaoke, 
and I do not hold back when I do karaoke. So that is why I sound like this today. Okay, fantastic. I, that's what I like to hear is that your your voice is hoarse, not because of the wrestling show, but because of the karaoke. I appreciate one hundred percent. Like there is like irreparable damage I have done to my body <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. for the sake of karaoke. And uh, it's uh, Jake Corazon de Leon. Is that uh, he's the the Lionheart of uh, he's the Chris Jericho of the Philippines, I guess, right? God, um, you know what? I don't I don't even know. I he he's the kind of guy who I bet would take something from Chris Jericho. Of course. Like of course. Uh, his I mean, his like his like known influences are like Kevin Owens, and perfect. I think I think at one time he was saying like Adam Cole is the best wrestler in the world or something, sure. but that was like. That was like when Adam Cole was in NXT already, so whatever. Like, well, whatever gets him there. You always have to remember that wrestlers, as much as like me and you talk to them, we're friendly with some of them, we're friends with some of them. Most wrestlers are dumb as shit, and their <laughs> concept of like good wrestlers are really fucking bad. Like, like, like for the most part, you know. I'm not trying to be a jerk or whatever, but the few times that we do, like, you become friends with a wrestler and they actually get it, it's like. That's why it's so fucking cool where you're like, oh, you actually like understand what's good about wrestling. And you're not just like a guy who watched a bunch of WWE when you were a kid. And we're like, I'm going to just do that um, for sure. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's uh, super rare. We... Even like just just to get it out there, like even stretching this out to like the wrestlers, you know, <laughs> like on yeah, the yeah. US indie scene, like in North America, this is just like generally true so it's not oh, yeah. like a local problem this is just a wrestler oh, problem this is every wrestler man like if For you sure. become a wrestler it's usually because because i mean i went to wrestling school when i was like in high school still i started going to upw to train right and like at that point i was still really fucking stupid like when it came to wrestling <laughs> it's stuff. Like, true like I got it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I was, you know, into ECW and stuff. And actually, they'll reference something we'll talk about later. Um, but like, you know, I got like the good, good shit. But I was also like really fucking dumb. And like, if I had stuck with it and just kept like, I'm this is all I'm gonna do. I would have just kept being that stupid. But I stopped and then was like, oh, I'm gonna do something else. And then that's where I like started to like dig into things and study more. And most wrestlers, most wrestlers that you see were me at 17, and they just stuck with it. You know, and that's what you have to remember. Uh, I'm sure sure that's like a that's like a product of people having to start early, you know, Uh, like just to like take advantage of their physical peak and stuff. So that's that's just part of the way it works. I also sent you the link for like the infographic they did for the belt. Oh, if you want to see it, it's just I do. I, I will never stop putting that belt over. And there are like people here in the country who are like, man, it looks hokey. And it's like. Dude, this is the like country we live in. It's a hokey country. Get with it. <laughs> Just accept it. Is it better than uh the CCW title? Is that what you're saying? The new CCW title? Did you see it? Sorry, what was that? Did you see the new CCW title? Was oh my say, god, like, it's, it's awful. Than that. Yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> so at least this one's better than that because yeah, the new CCW title is just atrocious. Um, it's really bad. Before we get too far into it, I do have to say the name of the episode this week uh, is Baked.Live. Um, and that mm. was meant to be a reference to the DDT show that we will talk about because that was a you know, Amer- or Japanese bakery sponsored whatever they called it on the, on, <laughs> on the universe. Yes. 
so yeah so we are baked dot live which is it's uh that is don't look into what that means that is just a uh it just happens to be the name it's based off of it being a bakery it's nothing else yeah um, that's 100 percent all it is yeah but I did, um, because I got you here, Joseph, I, you know what I thought about? I've been trying to get Quentin to talk about this forever. I figured I got to bring out the big guns. Joseph, we're going to review Atlanta season three um, every episode. Oh my God. I can't get Quentin to talk about it. So I had to get someone on here. I completely, <laughs> I thought about that today and I was like, oh my God, we still, me and Quentin have still not talked about that fucking show. Um, I've so, not seen any episode of really? Atlanta in my life. Yeah. Uh, damn all right well you, Unfortunately. Gotta, you should you should definitely check it out because it's a great show um if anyone's interested i have been re-watching girls the hbo uh show so go and check out my twitter i'm doing a a thread reviewing girls rewatch from the beginning if anyone cares uh about that um they probably won't but i i have to say and joseph you probably haven't seen this and you're also not american so you don't get it but at one point in like season two of it um uh, what's her name lena dunham she has her own character say like i'm the voice of my generation and going like back and heard about this meme yeah yeah and going back and like re-watching the show she was not wrong she is the voice of my generation of our generation like girls is the most millennial tv show that ever existed like if people are interested to see like what is the millennial thing watch girls like she nailed it um you know she gets she gets shit on for whatever reasons but i do actually honestly really appreciate like the, it as a work of art but that's not why we're here tonight right no no not at all um we're here to talk about logan paul versus roman reigns uh, <laughs> are you excited about that match at all do you, you know what i think it'll probably be good probably like yeah like uh, i don't know like logan paul he is athletic enough that he's shown he can like do stuff that'll pop a crowd. Uh, Roman's great. Uh, I think it'll probably be good. I mean, yeah, it's like two of the best wrestlers we have going right now, unfortunately, in the <laughs> WWE, especially. Um, and yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be very solid. Um, but sure, uh, like yeah. I don't think it'll be like the worst thing. No. Like far it'll, from it, even. Yeah, it'll honestly be one of the better WWE matches of the year, which obviously yeah. I've got you here, and I've got it. With, uh, this is obviously we have to talk about it no matter what. WWE, how back are they? Right, Joe? Like, what do you like, think here, Joseph? <laughs> they're they're uh, they're back. Uh, they're not back. Like, no, <laughs> they they simply are not. Can we? Let's just squash this myth immediately. They are 100% yeah. not back, and <laughs> I don't trust Triple H. Um, yeah. The bar was on the floor, and just because sure. you clear that doesn't mean you're like a good promotion. Um, it is certainly like marginally more watchable now if you like dip in for like the weekly Chad Gable match or something. Like that's sure. it. That's that is clearing the bar. It's just letting Chad Gable do like a ten minute match every week on Raw. Right. No, of course. That's like that's it. But they just what did they just do? They did Gargano versus Gable, right? Because they, they yes. didn't want everyone to see how small Gargano is. And uh and from what I've heard, it's pretty good. Uh it was a good match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it. I've been I watched NXT the past couple weeks. Uh it's been actually solid, like 
fine enough. You know, not great, but watchable. Roxanne, uh, Ro- is it Roxanne Perez? That's not her name, I don't think. On I think it's just Roxanne now, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could be uh, wrong. I don't watch NXT. Right, who knows? But she was looking great. She had a, a match with um, Mayui Watani. Or not Mayui. What the fuck? Mayui? Mako. <laughs> Mako Satamora. Jesus, I'm like, I we, we were supposed to talk about stardom this week with Clinton, but uh, the, that that obviously is not happening. Um, I've been dipping in and out of the five star sure. Grand Prix. To be it's fair, it's been pretty, it's been pretty solid. I uh, I did see uh, previous past guest of the show Mason uh, talking shit about Tal Saya, and I did get quite upset about that one because uh she's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now so i think that's fucking insane but you know whatever um, i simply do not watch her matches like i, I really don't what yeah Joseph, i don't you, are you on the bad side of this are you on the bad i don't side know of i've not i've not seen it like i have no thoughts on sure, tall sure. saya uh the only people i go out of my way for in the grand prix are uh natsupoi um mirai i love her She's been yes. wonderful. She is so endearing and charming. Um, even when her matches aren't like great, I just enjoy her performances in them. You know, um, I'll go out of my way for, of course, uh, Suzu Suzuki. I think she's wonderful. I think she's. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, the, probably the, the recent pay per view was had a Suzu Suzuki versus uh, Tall Saya. Just in case you wanted to see a, a you know one of her matches that was like. Lights out, great match. It could end okay. Up, you know, I I will give it a shot. I will yeah. give it a shot if it's with Suzu Suzuki, just because I feel like she's, um, just because I've enjoyed her work so much outside of stardom, and I've really been enjoying what she's kind of brought, uh, to this setting. Um, so yeah, I will give that a try, but I cannot make any promises. But yeah, sometimes I'll dip in for like. Uh, a Julia match if she has like an opponent I'm really interested in like I really sure. enjoyed uh, Julia versus Natsupoi recently yeah like, yeah I liked it better than the very lauded Starlight Kid Julia match actually um, I probably agree with you actually because I didn't I don't think I didn't necessarily love the Julia Starlight Kid match as much as everyone else Right, like there so, was a lot of hype behind yeah. that one, and I thought it was like good. I didn't think it was awful, but this Julia Natsupoi one was really, like, it was really strong. Like, I really enjoy what Natsupoi brings. Like, she has that quick high speed style, and she'll catch you in a bunch of different like pinning combinations. But also, she can throw hands. Like, she is throwing some heaters with those yeah. like forearms to the chest. So I find her matches really easy to get into especially with the right opponents and like julia was like doing her best like bully performance in this one um like i don't really enjoy julia when she's going like back and forth with her opponent but when she's like being like this really dismissive kind of petty bully that really did the trick for me yeah well you might not love the julia um mayu match from the same pay-per-view show that i was just mentioning but i did uh, not love it i did watch it and i did not love it yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah. I would. So that's what I was gonna say because that's not the Julia that you're talking about. That you absolutely you not. Yeah. I didn't even like their. It's weird. I didn't like their other time limit draw this year at the start of the year, uh, but okay. I did think their five star match last year in the Grand Prix was great. Like one of the best matches in the tournament, maybe the best one. So 
I don't know. It's just a weird pairing. I don't know what's going on there. I can see where you're coming from. Like, just because Julia, if you're very specific on what you appreciate from Julia, she's like, she's one of the more varied. And that's a nice way of saying like inconsistent workers out there. Mm. Um, I I personally like, I think a lot, I, I give her a lot more leeway and I like more of what she does. But yeah, for sure. Like she, she kind of tries to do the, be able to do everything worker kind of thing of that you want from like a, a top level ace. And she sure. just is not quite there. Like she's really, she's more limited. It's funny because I, um, I was listening to the big audio nightmare. So there's my first, uh, you know, podcast name drop of the episode, uh, Joseph. Um, <laughs> And they were comparing like Julia to Okada or Tanahashi, and they were like, "Oh, she's more like the the, the Okada of the of stardom," which is true in like a star power sense and like a positioning sense. But when it comes to work, like she she probably would be better off doing what Okada does, which is just work the same kind of match every match, and like would probably deliver just doing that. But because sure. she tries to do different stuff, she ends up trying to outkick her coverage basically um for some football references for the for the sports fans and and you can give us a, a good old roll tide on that one roll tide baby yeah, there we go <laughs> um but yeah that's the that's the stardom corner for the evening i guess uh unless you have anything else you want to hit uh uh no no nothing's nothing too much has really stood out um sure. it's mostly mirai i find her really charming uh suzu suzuki like she's hitting people incredibly hard and that's all i really want from her uh so yeah uh there's just the blocks are massive i'm really not gonna be watching most of this tournament just kind of dipping it lot. for my fave it's yeah a and they're doing like they're doing yeah. like dedicated like super cards in between like they did the stardom x stardom show and then the other the the big uh grand prix show you were talking about which also had like a tag title match yeah in, like the main event it's just a lot there is so much this tournament has been going on for about five years now yeah and that's part of it too is when you start mixing in other stuff i've talked about this before you know especially like with the recent g1 i don't need to retread the same conversations over and over again but i think when you have like the natural story of a tournament when you start to dilute it and 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 kind of mix in other stuff in between and and all that. it's like you're just completely devaluing the concept and it's like now at this point like what are you even fucking doing you're like you're walking uphill you know you're just like really fighting against the 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 stream you know instead of just going the, with the natural inclination which is most people understand the concept of a tournament they understand sure. people building up streaks and and you know get winning matches over and over again and you get the stakes of where it goes winners move on losers fall back and Instead, you're like doing the opposite where you're like, yeah, stretching it out, adding in all this stuff, making things, you know, confusing, all this and that. It's, it's just it's not necessary. Um, Maka, one person is a make Maka, Maka, Micah. I don't know how to say it. I've always wondered, like, what it is about her that draws me to her. And then I recently found out that she's a just about Takamichinoku trained person. Um, that so makes that sense. makes perfect sense why I'm like, oh, OK, that's why she's great. Um, you know, and then uh, that will play in again to what we're going to talk about in the main event. But before we get there, we're going to hit up the namesake of the episode, which is um, to uh, to get oh, God damn it. What is wrong with my Takeshita um, soup? Everyone knows him. 10th anniversary uh, 
bakery, <laughs> Japanese bakery inspired or whatever promoted episode, uh, DDT show. You said you only watched basically one match from this, which is fine. I like a lot of it. I was totally worth worthwhile skipping, if I'm perfectly honest, like from the okay. opening, the pre-show tag. I don't even know if it's on the actual show or if it's like actually a dark match. Um, I don't even remember, but it's got Cannon in it, who's another. Uh, oh, yeah, it was on the show and it obviously didn't strike me enough that I even remember it. But I did want to shout out Cannon for being another uh, Takamichinoku student. Um Obviously, a bunch of dumb bullshit with the, the Iron Man heavyweight title. Um, Didn't Soup's mom win it? She oh, was that who that was? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Soup's I didn't know mom. who that was because I knew that they were getting like um, like politicians involved in stuff. Yeah, so I thought maybe that it was something like that. But okay, so yeah, so there was like an old lady who won the title at one point. So I guess that was Soup's mom, who yes. is the aforementioned Soup. She's the one who owns the. The, yeah. the restaurant that that we call why we call him soup um following that up after they cleared all that out uh oh okay it does say keiko takashita so that would be takeshita whatever uh that would be his mother um so keep that in mind that she's a former champion now we get uh sonic she's a nepotism versus, champion of course how could she not be <laughs> um sonic club versus cck original style which is honestly the or actually to be fair not original style cck because original cck is chris brooks and um john gresham which people probably don't even remember but the more popular more well-known like kind of made the name famous cck which is kid lycos and chris brooks it was nice to see kid lycos getting something here it would have probably been like something where I would be a lot more joyous about the situation if this was like five or six years ago. You know what I mean? Just because not just because of the heat where I would be happy and like a big fan of CCK, but also because of all of the stuff and the poison and the nastiness that's come out of the British wrestling scene since then to where I'm just like, it's hard for me to be excited about a UK based wrestler getting something good. Um, yeah, I guess so. That. Like, Unfortunately, that's the situation. Um, follow that up with the uh, Sonic Club. The rest of the members of the Sonic Club, which includes my 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 son uh, Shunma, taking on the Brahmins and uh, Takagi DDT Takagi uh, Sans Shihiro, um, which was a lot of fun. You know, if you're into goofiness, but it did drag. It they went too long, and it was like very goofy and just a ton of a ton of whatever. Um, TJPW kind of offer match, whatever. I just, even the good TJPW wrestlers, like the ones who people tell you are good, I just never really see much out of them. I think that they look good in comparison. And, and I'm just not a fan of like people grading on a curve. You know, I'm just not, I'll never sure. be into that. Like, um, obviously, I, uh, Obviously, I think that uh, Yuka Sakazaki is, is actually really solid. So, like, she was really the standout here, and she's much better than pretty much all of her contemporaries in TJPW, but whatever. Um, following that, more goofiness. Um, I, I'm kind of shocked that you didn't watch the Harimo versus Burning tag, um, I but I can't blame you. Looking at my spreadsheet, and I apparently did. I thought it was okay. good, apparently. Just looking at the rating I gave it. And, you know, like it's the names involved. You're not really going to get a bad match out of these guys. 
Well, that's why I said like I'm kind of shocked you didn't watch it, but you did watch it. But but I'm not surprised that you didn't love it because it wasn't great. So again, I think that basically you hit exactly uh, you hit exactly what I was going to say there, which is that you did see it and you weren't impressed, um, which is okay. It was fine. I mean, yeah, it was. It, yeah. I think it was good for what it was. Like you're gonna get some like hard hitting action with like Higuchi and you know Hino in there, and anytime we get like. Gooch versus June interactions. That's always fun. So yeah, yeah and no, uh, one, no one's gonna go out of their way for that. Yoshimura doing delayed uh, brainbuster on Endo is fun, even if it's you know, even if I have to see Endo, at least it's someone doing something mean to him. Um, like you know, that's always which, good to be me. fair, is a lot of what he's been doing recently. So it's been which a lot great. more tolerable watching Endo. Yeah, he he deserves it too. Um, he, really <laughs> does, he fucking. I'm sorry, Indo fucking stinks. You know, like I talked about it when we did the podcast uh, about the the super show, um, yeah, with with Mason as I mentioned before. But I just I can't fucking stand the guy when he's whenever he's the main focus point in DDT. It always fucking really just hurts my my appreciation of the company. Um, it is I mean, I astonishing how much better the company is when you just give the belt to the right guy. Like, well, I mean, this company was like felt like the promotion of the year for multiple years, yes. and then as soon as Indo got the championship, it felt like like DDT just turned into a giant fucking slump. When he was the focus <laughs> and he was the t- championing, it was like, what the fuck is this? And it just hit like this brick wall that was like, it's been even hard for um for Higuchi to overcome. Like since Higuchi's been champion, like at least it's building some interest, but it's not quite there. But you follow that up with the the match that you watched and the most interesting match on the show, which is funny because I'm looking at this card and uh, when you look at the Meltzer ratings on on Cage Match, the only match that has a, a Meltzer rating is the main event. Of course, and he just there's nothing on this, which is Suzuki Sakaguchi versus Hiroshima and Aoki and. I didn't even know that this match was on here going into like, oh, we're going to talk about this show. Really? And Jesus Christ. This was a breath of fresh. Air. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, let's just talk about the, the Takeshita anniversary show, whatever. Like, we'll just cherry pick it. And then I w- came in and I saw this and I was like, holy shit. And the match started and it this really delivered. But Joe, give your thoughts. It rocked. It's so, so I'm, good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for calling you Joe. I apologize. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this match is so good. Like you're looking at that lineup, and you're basically coming in expecting just a really great match. It was the only match I wanted to see on the whole show. As soon as it was announced, um, I was like, "This is what we're this this is the one." And man, it delivered. Like, um, Suzuki's been having like a quieter year this year. Uh, just because, you know, uh, everyone's getting much more opportunity, more shows are happening, so they're not having to lean on Suzuki too much in New Japan, and there's just a lot more stuff happening in the wrestling world, but wow, what a great uh, performance this was. It's always fun to see Suzuki doing something outside of his usual shtick, and he really delivered that here, where he was... He was the he was working from beneath for most of it. Like he was the one being isolated by Hiroshima and Aoki and Aoki was constantly getting the better of Suzuki like when they were kind of grappling in the ring which is something you just do not see with Suzuki cuz he's usually working with people who 
don't have that kind of credibility. So giving him this space to work with someone who he clearly like respects to kind of put over and make a big deal out of um, how threatened he was by Aoki and Aoki's abilities. And of course you have like Hiroshima and Sakaguchi just kicking each other in the chest super hard, which I'm never not going to love. Great match. It just gave me like basically everything I wanted out of it. Yeah, 100%. Sakaguchi and Hiroshima, like charisma or chemistry on 1000, just career rivals, really, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's become like the back half of Hiroshima's like run, really, that it's like he settled into being just this perfect like interaction and foil for Higuchi. And, or not Gucci, Sakaguchi. And Sakaguchi has like developed into it's weird the way that they've kind of like balanced out. Like Hiroshima was always the ace, obviously, and the big time star. Sakaguchi was always like kind of like, you know, respectable shooter, but you know, mid-level, not not the big time. And then as they both developed, they've kind of like evened out. Sakaguchi has like increased his star power. Hiroshima obviously has slowly fallen down the ladder. And then they've like hit this equilibrium where they're just amazing together and they just repeatedly keep giving you some of the best fucking interactions that you could ever ask for in the world and this is again ddt where we've got so many great you know chemistry interactions you talked about the stuff with june and haguchi you've got like multiple wrestlers in this company who have just this like insane amazing opponent that gives them like some of the best like just natural chemistry like rivalries that you could ask for and that's like like why ddt is great it's 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 interesting because people i've been hearing people talk about uh new japan and say just like it's so boring because it's just the same guys over and over again and it's like similar with ddt it's like ddt like oh the old generation is leaving and now the young guys are taking over and it just doesn't feel the same because they don't have the same you know charisma star power and then you've got ddt where it's like it's a lot of the same names that have been here forever but yes. you're still feeling something there. There's still a spark there. And that's why that's why DDT still stands out because you've actually got something that just feels like real. I don't even know how to describe it, but like alive, basically. And yeah, Aoki, Aoki and <laughs> Suzuki. I we should have predicted that this would happen, but yeah, when Suzuki turned it up and Aoki <laughs> Aoki is phenomenal, really. Like <laughs> yeah. like it just does not get the credit he deserves as a wrestler, as a professional wrestler, um, especially in DDT. Just he's able to be so fucking goofy, goofy, but then turn it on and be so serious and believable and legit. And and it is why like Suzuki is so great because he doesn't just give it up for anybody. You know, he's, he he makes it, it. You have to deserve it. You have to earn it. And you have to have that reputation. And he's not just going to like let anybody take it. Anybody who wants it, you know. So, the yeah, two people that's... that Suzuki has given the most to this year are Shinya Aoki <laughs> and Isaiah Broner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That it's is... a list of two this year. It's Broner and Aoki. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I can't I cannot argue with that list if I'm being perfectly honest. Really. Read into that what you will. Uh, those are the people yeah. that Suzuki respects in the world. Yeah, Broner is actually kind of great. I want to like, I really want to like pay more attention to what he's doing, but he's just. Did you watch know, the Suzuki we'll... match? Yeah, 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 of course. It was fucking yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I just and Suzuki spends like eighty percent of it selling. Like it was yeah. so strange for like this incredible, this like smaller U.S. indie, the best. So good yeah. when Suzuki just does something weird like that. It's so good. He picks. I mean, he picks the spots and he does it like perfectly. You know, he really. Uh, Suzuki, I think. I mean, it's pretty easy to overlook whatever and and kind of like. I don't know. People like to write him off and murder grandpa. People like to like like him for the wrong reasons and then sure. write him off for the right reasons, I guess. I don't even know how to say it, but it's just like just get in there and just appreciate, you know, what what we got going on here cuz he's he's phenomenal at what he does. Um main event of this show was Takeshita versus Daisuke Sasaki. I kind of get it because these guys have like a a unique interesting rivalry you could say that sasaki is one of um takeshita's like career rivals but this match felt super cold to me and that's like i think the problem is like if you just book this match on paper you can say like oh it makes sense for like an anniversary show kind of thing but the problem is is that these guys as rivals you need you need something there and you especially need Sasaki to be kind of at the height of his powers because he's so much smaller. He's so much like un like unthreatening compared to Takeshita that like you can't just throw this match in cold. You need Sasaki to be really clicking. You need the drama there and you need some gimmicks. And this they tried to keep it like really simple. They didn't like do a lot of bells and whistles. Uh, they, they at some point Sasaki takes the shirt off, which you don't see happen very often. You know, it's just like they were trying to make this like it was going to be a like a, it was a real heated and respectful battle back and forth between wrestlers. And it's just like that's not that's not the drama between Takeshita and Sasaki. Like that's not the the story of their rivalry. And so yeah, just, I don't want to I don't want to see yeah. Sasaki be respectful to anybody. <laughs> like no. that's complete no. error. Um, but yeah, I did not see this match. And yeah, I'm just nothing you're telling me. Ball. Yeah. Not not gonna make you go back for it, right? Absolutely not. No. What you will go back for is uh, wrestling without a cause. Uh, Cascadia, uh, Parm Singh Man versus yeah. uh, Anthony Anton Voorhees. Uh, this is kind of a joke. I'm just throwing it in here in between, but it's not a joke. Like, great match, definitely worth checking out. Parm obviously is the friend of the podcast. Former guest of the podcast, friend of both of us, but uh, really, really good match. Honestly, check it out. It went probably longer than it needed to, and there were some points in the middle where they it seemed like they lost their kind of what they were doing. But uh, but definitely, definitely a, a really solid match. Um, either way, we'll move on to the main event of the evening and why I asked you to be here, Joseph. Because I really wanted to talk about this. I didn't want to let it slip through the cracks. Because unfortunately, I didn't even mention this. Quentin had a uh, had an issue and we couldn't record. So we're just kind of like, eh, maybe an episode won't happen this week. But I was just like, I got to talk about this. This is match of the year contender match. Um, yes. Takataichi Despimania. 30 year anniversary for Takamichinoku. How much of this show did you watch? I watched two matches. Okay. Uh, I watched the women's tag and the main event. Yes. Yeah. And I mentioned before that uh, Makai 
is a uh, Taka trainee and uh, absolutely whipped ass in this match. But everyone, Mariah obviously also whipped ass in this match. Um, and uh, yeah, but feel free. I mean, give your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the match a lot. Like, I didn't think it was great. Uh, I think, um, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I, 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 A O I, like, I have no idea how to pronounce it. A O, um, I guess. So yes. Maybe A-O-I? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think she was just, uh, a, not quite there yet in comparison to everyone else in the match. So she was kind of holding it back for me. Um, at least like the things she was asked to do, uh, at least fit that narrative. She was like the face in peril for a lot of it. She was getting worked over by uh, the stardom wrestlers. Uh, so that was fine. It didn't like ruin the match for me, but I did think it put a ceiling on it. Uh, otherwise, I I love this. Like a Mir- Mir- I've talked about Mirai and how charming and endearing she is and this is like a different role for her being a little bit more of a bully um kind of working over uh the younger less experienced wrestler uh Micah was really impressive to me like I haven't seen much of her this might actually be the first time I've seen her and she was doing a lot of fun stuff like hitting a lot of uh really great body slams and just being generally a little bit of a bully uh, to the other team, and I've enjoyed Inaba uh, before. Like I've seen her in pop up in Sendai Girls. That's where I know her the best, and she has her kicks are just fantastic. I wish I wish she'd throw herself into like the running kicks a little harder. Uh, sometimes you see her like kind of stop and plant before throwing one. And yeah. It's just like if you just if you just bowled through them with that kick, it would be so much better. But uh, yeah. Really enjoyable match. Well, I was gonna say, well, did you see the Naka, the recent Nakajima match with the Okada there? Like, you know, you can't always. Oh. <laughs> it's. I hate to say it because I even said, I, like, I tweeted up a gif and I responded to it, and I was just like, "This is not Nakajima's fault," and it really wasn't. Like, I'm not a wrestler. I don't. But this motherfucker posted wrong, and he should have been selling before the kick landed, and that's why. Like someone like Inaba can't just like go for it there because a lot of these fucking wrestlers nowadays don't know how to sell properly and don't want to start selling until they fucking get hit. Like, you know, like sure. if you're smart and you understand how old school wrestling works, you should be selling before the fucking punch or the chop or the kick touches. You should be already bumping before it touches you. But most of them want to stand up and like, you know, do the dick measuring contest and, and stand there and take it. And it's just like, no, 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 like you should be selling before the kick even gets close to you so that it looks like it fucking just completely obliterated you. But they they try to stand there. So, yeah, I can understand why she stands plants and then throws it so she knows her opponent sees it coming. Unfortunately, that's just a a byproduct of of the this current situation of wrestling. But, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I will give the, the ladies a major shout out because they they really got the crowd super into it. And um and uh and yeah this was fantastic otherwise i mean there's a lot of decent stuff to watch on the show honestly i'll say it now i was gonna say this on the show if we had actually done it but like the point of the podcast was going to be that we talked about stardom ddt and then the main event from this show and after watching all of it like 
I wish that the point of the show had been to watch this because this show was the easiest to watch. It was had the most like engaging atmosphere. Obviously, part of that is the crowd is allowed to make noise, but also the just the matches were fucking great. The drama throughout the show and then the main event was just like through the fucking roof. Also, shout like, beautiful looking location. Um, like Japan has some truly like good looking arenas and spaces and this was one of them uh i i just loved how the whole show looked yeah yeah this was a great show yeah the the arena looks nice the the kind of starry background around the edges of the of the top of the arena was phenomenal like yeah this looked cool everything delivered so Joseph, the real reason I got you on here, obviously, you know, I, I made all these false pretenses of, of the thing, but the real point was to to uh, to influence because I know that you've got, you know, you've got all of these children paying attention to everything you're saying <laughs> do, was to influence your your GWE ballot to have June Kasai on there. Um, not that is not true. The, the thing that I actually focus on wrestler of the year. El Desperado. So I don't know if you went back. I saw you talking about going back to watch the tag match. I don't know if you went back and watched their their match from the 2019 Taka Taichi Mania show. I, I don't know yet, how much no. of the background you got. So you haven't got into any of that. No, not know at all. Much... I know that they yeah. I know that they have a rivalry and I know that they've been building to this singles match. So I've kind of been okay. anticipating it. Uh, but Hello? Sorry. Yeah, you cut out for a bit there. Yeah, I have been it's anticipating okay. the match, but I have not like experienced the build firsthand. Okay. But okay, so you didn't go back for the tag. Um, same here. How much of the Despy stuff have you watched this year? Have you um, did you see like the Moxley match? Did you Yeah, see... I thought the Mox match was great. Um okay. the, I, I I'd uh... have to go back to check, but I do Despy is one of those people that I try to keep an eye on as much as possible just because i really enjoy his work in general all right like the tag match with swerve in our glory current aew tag team champions at forbidden door um Suzuki yeah that was Gun. great yeah that was phenomenal right obviously i talked about the mox match talk about the best of the super juniors that despy had which just i don't know how much of that you watch but just like a lot of great stuff basically my point is here despy top 10 wrestler of the year not out of the question right <laughs> uh <laughs> i wouldn't go that far okay okay well it's then you pretty, have to go back and watch this stuff it's uh. it's a pretty stacked year but I, I i do have to go back to see some of the best of the super junior stuff uh i did see some of his matches in there and uh not too many of them kind of stood out to me i i apparently really enjoyed the el lindeman match um, oh yeah. yeah 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 and then there's a oh there was even a match on a taiki tacha taiki Ah, Taka Taichi Mania 3 against Taka Michinoku, which is probably pretty good. Either way, my point being, El Desperado Wrestler of the Year conversation should be there. And you have this, which is the um, the culmination of a long feud. And I, I mentioned earlier, like, being into ECW, like, and I, oh, that'll come back up later, right? And what crossed my mind with this and this situation is... Just how much this reminds me of the 
rivalry feud, whatever you want to call it, between Terry Funk and Mick Foley. Um, which obviously didn't start in ECW, but had some legs in ECW, where you have sure. a legendary deathmatch wrestler, um, a legendary kind of hardcore icon, let's say, who is like very popular with a certain crowd, is like hugely over and having this rivalry with a younger but you know obviously like not like super young but younger wrestler who's just like got this innate charisma and ability to to get the crowd but it doesn't necessarily need to be a hardcore wrestler but can bring like something fresh and new to it and gives that that same drama and the, the the way that you can see the respect between the generations and the way that you can see the, you know, the, that, that like the, the nature of the two, just like being like kind of passing on something and, and just like kind of evolving into like, when you think about Mick Foley, like I said, like hardcore, violent, whatever, but like funk was the guy who kind of like brought it out of him to take it to the next level and despy is kind of, kind of in a similar way where like now the rivalry between kasai and despy has what really has turned despy into someone who you think about as like someone who can take it to the hardcore level and it's like it's very interesting to see that i mean obviously neither one of them is is even close to the same level of star that like funk and and mcfoley were but it's like a a, a similar dynamic i'll say it's not the same star level, but it's definitely the same dynamic. And that really, that really like kind of stuck out to me. I don't know. Um, what'd you think about that? And then feel free to start, you know, talk about the match. No, yeah, that's definitely the vibe I've gotten from this whole rivalry. Like, um, even as someone who hasn't been like closely following it, um, I've known Despi's kind of like uh, dynamic with Kasai, where he's sort of like uh, chasing that legacy and sort of like um trying to basically prove himself in this setting against someone who's made that setting his like lifeblood his bread and butter and seeing despy work through this match to reach that level is part of what made it so compelling as a match yeah it's this is absolutely phenomenal. Like the the <laughs> I want to like reference stuff from the past, but I again I'll let you save it. But the there's the references to the past between them, the rivalry there. There's also the insane selling from El Desperado. I heard some people talk about like El Desperado being so good at at expressing with the mask on that when he because he basically instantly loses the mask and it's just like split in half and hanging by a thread around his but like to me i don't think he really lost a step when it came to like emoting like people i i just basically kind of heard people being like oh you know it 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 kind of loses that that luster of how good desperado is what selling and I'm just like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, exactly. What? That's you, ridiculous. Are you serious? Yeah. People yeah, said no. that he was less expressive with the mask on? No. Yeah, exactly. A- absolutely like, not. That's insane to me. 
there's a point where Despi is in the electric chair position on Kasai's yeah. shoulders, and Kasai is about to drop him on like that steel, like um, that steel little platform they put in the corner above the turnbuckle. And there yeah. is just pure horror on Despi's yes. face as they approach the steel. And I, I was watching that and I was like, oh my God, like, why did we put a mask on him in the first place? He's so <laughs> yes. good at this. Um, yeah. And he's been good at this. Like we saw him do like an unmasked match versus Hiromu, but like here, it really felt like it was on a different level. And I was really impressed with his emoting and his expression and how he was able to make the deathmatch setting feel even bigger than it was. Like, this is not the grossest deathmatch we're going to see this no. year, you know? This isn't like Slade, like, stabbing a chunk out of Hoodfoot's arm. But because of how they structured it and how they built everything and Despy's reactions to all the, like, crazy hardcore shit it, it, it felt massive it felt so much bigger than any other deathmatch uh that's come out this year and i can't fathom like thinking that despy lost something from having the mask script if anything i thought it added so much yeah no it was it was huge it was like insanely dramatic to have the yeah the mask ripped and and really see his face and and his mouth and his expressions were huge and over the top yeah because exactly the same when i heard it i was shocked and i was just like what the fuck are you talking about like how can you even <laughs> begin to say that's just one of the yeah one of the best selling wrestlers basically going here like and with with or without the mask and like i said i think El Desperado, obviously, for me, I think will probably end up in my top five this year. You wow. don't have to agree with it, Joseph, but I really do think so. Just with the level of work that he's putting out there, like top 10 is a lock. Top five is very possible at this point, just because like the incredible, incredible stuff. And then stuff like this is just a feather in the cap. And when you talk about it, the June Kasai has created a career, decades long career off of this. Mm -hmm. And you don't get this kind of drama from a June Kasai match very often. You don't like, that's the thing. Like you watch him and this stuff that, that is going on here. It's like things that are references to the past that they've built up between the two. Like you talked about the great and the corner that directly references the past, the tag team match from earlier in the year where they set that up and it's here from the beginning, but it's okay. also something that June Kasai does regularly in his matches in general. The boards, the razors, all that stuff is yes. not new. The skewers are not new. These are things that Jun Kasai does all the time. But in this setting with Despi, everything feels bigger than it ever feels with June. And that's like the thing that really just really screams to me the quality of wrestler that El Desperado is, is that he can do all the same shit that Despo that Jun Kasai does all the goddamn time. And he's still making it bigger and better. And it's just like, this is a 20, 30 year veteran going up against El Desperado, a guy that you would think knows how to do this stuff at the peak. And somehow El Desperado is able to still make it better. He's still able to add that extra sauce that just makes it that much better than just a normal June Kasai match. And that's where I just go like, this guy is fucking amazing. And that's why I just, I cannot stop thinking about the, the, 
the John Moxley match because these are two of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And they mm-hmm. had this phenomenal fucking match. And I feel like I'm on fucking crazy pills that nobody else appreciates how great that match really was. And like how much that like we need to see that match again because of how great it is. Like that's it's it's driving me insane, Joseph. I just I cannot stop thinking about <laughs> how good that match was and that nobody is talking about how good it was. Like that's that it's just it's really tough for me to move on. That's odd to me because I thought Mox Despi was great also. Like <laughs> I thought yeah, that yeah. was a great match. But even like even with how good I thought Mox Despi was, um this match against June Kasai, it feels like it's a it's just a whole different realm. Like the emotional weight behind this is so much grander uh, than the Mox match, and a lot of that is just how kind of perfectly structured it is. Um, June Kasai will like. There's that like five ten minute stretch in the second and third act of the match where kasai is just absolutely destroying this man like just throwing every single thing at him and there were like five six different points where i thought that's just gotta be it like it's just gotta be over at this point not in a bad way of like oh wrap it up wrap it up but more of a Surely that's the end. Like they've been building it, and that is like the natural climax. And every time that Despy kicked out and kept going, I was just like, oh my God. Like I was staggered that he still had it in him. Like uh, I, I was staggered on two levels like on the fan level, the emotional level of, wow, he still has it in him. He's still fighting. I really want him to pull out this victory. And also on like the critical level of the balls of this match to be able to go to that place and kind of earn that really massive extended finishing stretch without it feeling bloated and um, excessive. Like at no point did it feel excessive. Um, and to feel like that win, like Despy winning, still feeling... Um, as grand as it did. And I love that because the finish wasn't like the, it didn't feel like the biggest spot of the match. Like it wasn't the grossest thing to happen or the most brutal thing to happen. But because Despy was able to perform in such a way where he got across the story of him basically living up to the legend in real time. That is just an astonishing thing to be able to do in one match. Like that is top level in-ring storytelling. Um, and to do so in a genre that gets so shit upon and written off as nothing but like, oh, we're just going to do a bunch of crazy shit to each other. Like, no, like you watch this match and that is that is why we love like deathmatch wrestling on top of everyone doing crazy shit to each other it's because they're able to tell stories like this where someone in real time becomes tougher and better than they were at the start of the match and despy pulled that off like just to perfection um yeah this is an astonishing achievement yeah this is this will be in the conversation for match of the year i don't 
I don't know if it's, you know, quite there, but also I could definitely see people having it as their match of the year. Cause yeah, all the stuff you said, drama, everything like that comes out of it. And, and the fact that it's still left open, the post-match promo and the way that everything comes out of it. Like you said, like Despy leveled up, but it took so much for him right. to get there. And you still wonder how much of how much is June? How much did June save? How much did June was not prepared for this to get what, you know, this guy that he's wrestled multiple times in the past now who couldn't, you know, live up to to this level. Now he was able to. OK, so next time just go even more crazy. And then what's funny, what's fun is to think about like where we're at. And the arenas you talked about, you know, the Japanese arenas being, you know, so cool to look at. But you also have to think about the dynamics because you're in an arena where you can't use glass. You can't use fire. You can't, you know. So it's like, okay, what if June gets him in a match in an arena where he can take it to the next level and he can get even more extreme and he can really like, yeah, then you're like, okay, well, now can he even do that? Do we get like a fish and chips death match, which, which, uh, you know, you can't do in a building like this, you know? Like, yeah, that, that's where you start thinking about like, okay, we can get like fucking insanely violent between these two. And there's still stuff left on the table after a half hour, a 30 minute match that felt like it was like 10 minutes because yeah, like you said, it didn't fucking drag. It just breezed by. It felt like Absolutely. you said Desby Desby leveled up, but he's still not really to the next level. And then you get the post-match promo which just puts it way over the top with the insane drama between these two. And now all I can think about is another match between them. And like I said, I, I want that Despy Moxley match. That's why I say Despy is like in this upper echelon for me when it comes to wrestling of the year, because it's always important to me to prove that like, if you're a great wrestler, a big part of that is being able to like, not just have great wrestling matches, but to make me want to see you have more great wrestling matches. And sure. right now I don't think there's anybody else except for like Mox and Despy that I'm like invested in wanting to see them have matches. Like there's plenty of people who are like, Oh, that match will be good, but I want to see that match. And that's like where we're at with them. I think with Despy, as far as wrestler of the year is concerned, um, he's handicapped in my eyes because of just who he works for. Like there's not, there's not much, that's going to happen in New Japan that I'm going to be like, I must Especially go out of my way. Especially as a junior. Yeah. Right. Like, he's not positioned well. And I think that's part of why um, this match against Jun Kasai felt so huge. Um, like, to, to be able to prove that he kind of can do this. Like, he can be the main event and get people invested and drive a crowd, like, wild, just crazy frothing at the mouth, like, just rooting for him and living and dying by everything he's doing. Um, Yeah, I would love to see more of this feud as well. Like, I think you kind of sold me. Because I did mention at the start that this is not like... This is not like peak deathmatch brutality. Like, don't come in, like, expecting that. Like, it's, it's still, like, impressive, and it still hits the mark. But that's not what you're coming in for, and that's not what you're gonna get either. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see them take it to the next level. Um, if they do, it has just a, an incredibly high ceiling. Like this is already one of the best matches of the year. And if you're, especially if you're like a fan of specifically Japanese wrestling, um, I don't think there's many matches in Japan better than this. 
um, at all. Like, I don't think there's maybe like one match even in the realm of June and Despy. And it's so much richer for that. And even more so because it's the death match. So, it, yeah, I, there's so much about it in and out of the ring that makes it so special and everyone needs to go out of their way to see it like i feel like if you're listening to this you're probably the type of fan to have already seen it but if you're not somehow you're like one of those people who like just found this podcast like i did in like 2016 like this is the one just go out of your find it i'm telling you find it watch it it's Honestly, I found the other Taka Tai Chi uh, manias on um, the Wrestling Archive. So they're out there. You can find the matches. And clearly, Joseph, when you said that there's like one other match from this year in Japan that comes close to this, obviously, you're talking about Okada versus Osprey for the final match. My Um, favorite wrestlers in the world. Yes. Two of the best (laughs) doing it at the peak. Um, Yeah. I mean,. Clearly, that's what we're talking about. This is at that level, guys. Um, This is, like I said, an all-time legend mixing it up with a a unheralded, unheralded, unappreciated level star. A guy who should have been getting this credit for a long time. Got to give the biggest shout out to the guy we already talked about earlier on the podcast, Parm Singh Man, um, current wrestler, very good you know good at what he does wrestler who was one of the first people who i knew who was just like always heralding the ability of despy yes um, and understanding how great he was and he was always right and it's just like over time i've continued to appreciate it um so we just uh gotta give him a gotta give the props there for just how good he's gotten jesus christ if desperado is not like i said gonna be in my top 10 that's a lock Top five is still like it's getting there. Like I'm really feeling it just because of just because of stuff like this. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. Joseph, we'll see how the rest of your year goes. If there's anything else you want to talk about before we head out, or we can just you know take it out uh, take it I out think, for the evening. Yeah, I think that's about it. I don't think there's much you can talk about after um yeah. Despy uh, Kasai. It's just a monumental thing and um i don't think you can really talk about wrestling this year properly without having seen it thank you i really appreciate that um everyone obviously if you're listening to this you probably know about joseph joseph weirdness is that the, the yeah that's, no, that's twitter the YouTube. that's twitter youtube yeah. is uh, joseph monticilio um yes and uh obviously People can check you out all of there. Go to the Ko-Fi. Give the guy some fucking scratch. You know, uh, you know, you see the monthly, you see the monthly, uh, you know, donation from Timothy. Uh, was it? How do you say it? Buchner. Buchner. Yeah, that's it. Yes. You know, that so is you, your name. The rest of you should be throwing the money over there. Obviously, I see it growing every time I see it. And I'm just like, ah, my name is becoming smaller and smaller. Um, <laughs> that's true. The typeface yeah. is getting tinier is. with I, each video. I love it. I love it, man. I'm so happy to see it. you continue to grow. Just uh, some of the best stuff that's going on out there. Either way, hit the Ko-Fi for um, We Don't Know Wrestling. Check out uh, Sam just did an episode. Great. Really fun. I enjoyed it. Sam's got a new podcast coming out soon. 
tease it on here. I don't even know if I'm supposed to, but it's okay. <laughs> He's already got an episode in the can. It's a tournament. It's a show where they're going to review tournaments. We talked about it earlier. The nature of tournaments and wrestling is just, it's perfect. I'll be on the show. All I comes together. In the past. Yeah. I told Sam in the past a bunch of times, I don't want to do any kind of podcast with him talking about old shit because I don't like talking about old things. But if he ever wants to do a pride, an episode talking about a pride tournament, like a one night wow. pride, show, I will do that. So the the gauntlet has thrown down. I know it's not wrestling, but if he wants to do pride <laughs> fighting, it's close enough. I will definitely come on for that. Um, either way, I guess we'll, we'll close it out. Joseph, did I miss anything? Anything else? No, you nailed it. All right. Thanks to everyone.